to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Okay, first of all, quick summary of basically this entire episode. The vast majority of this episode is going to have to do with sexually related content. There's a great deal of it, again, that's going on right now within K-12 schools. Of course, it's a constant at the university level. But it's occurring at the K-12 schools now at a really ramped up level. And there's a lot of news, of course, that's bouncing around regarding this. A lot of people are finally starting to figure out that state departments of education are ramping up the alphabet agenda, the LGBT nonsense. A lot of local school districts are doing the exact same thing. But there are some moves here that can be made in a positive direction if you're still either legally forced to send your children to these degenerate environments or you just feel like you don't have a choice in some former fashion, basically. So what I'm going to do here is provide some information that will hopefully help those individuals and at the same time educate even the individuals who don't send their children to these environments about, again, what's going on within these environments from a a sexually related standpoint. Um, First of all, of course, there was another story, again, of, of a golfer just very quickly, again, I don't want to brush over this, but very quickly there was a, a story of a 17-year-old golfer, high school student, who died of uh, a heart attack while golfing. Um, I believe fell over inside of the actual golf cart itself. That was on the Gateway Pundit. So again, you know, Gateway Pundit's keeping a pretty good track of this stuff also when it comes to uh, students who are passing away from these shots. And unfortunately. The parents aren't necessarily connecting the dots. You know, they said he was exhausted. He came home. He was exhausted. He drank some drank some water, and then he headed back out to play another round, and then that was it. So we can't let these people get away with saying that it's exhaustion as to why these individuals are passing away. It is the shots. Uh, again, nine times out of ten, if not ten out of ten, it's it's always the shots. So. Just keep that in mind again going forward. Uh, Okay, as far as the sexually related content goes, I want to start with some positive news, and this is a beautiful thing. And then I'm going to end with some positive news also. So I'm going to bookend this episode with those, those two major bullet points. First of all, this first story was making the rounds this week, and this right here, starting on Monday actually, and this right here is a perfect example of the kind of thing that I'm, uh, I've really been advocating for and, and discussing with regularity, even in past books that I've written, although I don't think I ever took it to this level. And this kind of vigilance among students who are very knowledgeable about what's going on in these environments and don't like what's going on in these environments from a sexually related standpoint uh, is incredible. And this story lays it out perfectly. And I got to tell you, this, if these students right here are a perfect example of the future of America, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Again, we know that the enemy likes to team up against the good guys and lie about particular things and rat people out and do a number of different things and, of course, set up false flags and SWAT people and... and uh, you know, set people up to fail in this, that, and the other. The best part about this and, and the school environment as a whole is when you get 
students within who are morally sound, who recognize that there are bad things happening within the school building, those students themselves have recourse. Always. So do the parents. But collectively, the students do too. So let me get into this story. It's rather self-explanatory. It's incredible. And again, a very awesome example of, of some positive news that's taking place here. Again, this isn't something that the school itself would teach necessarily, certainly not from a uh, conservative social vigilante standpoint, but it's a beautiful thing nonetheless. And again, it's evident that these students got together and decided to engage in this particular practice, and they ended up catching a horrible, horrible human being who happened to work inside of this school. So this comes from pjmedia.com. It is titled, Sixth Graders Protect Their Fellow Students from a Creepy Teacher. This is by Lincoln Brown, and again, this was from earlier in the week. It says the following, quote, What do you do when your teacher is a pervert and no one will listen? You take matters into your own hands. According to a, a report in the Boston Globe, sixth graders, no less, at Danesville, I'm sorry, Davisville Middle School in Rhode Island, had had enough of their teacher not only being cruel to the boys, but also with the way he treated the girls. He leered at them, gave them pet names, and asked them to dance. He even allegedly asked one girl to take off her, to take off her shoes and show him her toes. The unnamed teacher, who was also a coach, shocking, told the kids that he had dealt with parents' complaints before and was not worried. The boys went to adults, who essentially blew them off. The flirting and innuendo made the girls uncomfortable. Some would laugh, while others just stayed in their seats and endured it. In January of last year, a group of boys decided enough was enough. They took to Discord online, an online platform, and created a channel named after the teacher and also referred to it as the Pedo Database, quote-unquote. There, they documented the teacher's activities. Then, during the COVID-19 quarantine, they had the Discord channel on a split screen with the teacher and logged incidents as they happened. The Globe has some of the quotes. Quote, You all love me, so choose love. These are quotes directly from the teacher, apparently. Another quote, you gotta stand up and dance now, quote-unquote. And then, everyone in bathing suits tomorrow, quote-unquote. They also told incoming students about the Discord board, so more evidence could be collected. The hard work and patience paid off, and in April of this year, the teacher was escorted off the premises. Allegations were finally made that this teacher had stalked a preteen girl he was coaching and been appropriate with other students, had been appropriate with other students. The student's parents had complained before, but the teacher continued to coach until he was hit with a restraining order in North Kingston. He had held two other coaching jobs, and other parents had noted that he had singled out female students for special attention. When the fecal matter collided with the oscillating ventilator, authorities wanted people to come forward with more information, and the boys were right there with their database. According to the Globe, the database is now in the hands of the U.S. Attorney's Office, the State Department of Children, Youth, and Families, 
and the State Department of Education, and the lawyer who was heading up the investigation for the school district. That's, uh, that's interesting, because that lawyer might do whatever they can to protect the entire school district, because again, what are the odds that no one else in that school district knew anything about this guy? Pretty slim. It continues, it says, two things stand out here. First, the boys had gone to the people whose job it was to protect students, and no one cared. Yep, pretty standard. They had to take matters into their own hands. That part of it, I love. It says, let's forget about pronouns, gender, and CRT for just a minute. The left can't figure out why parents want to go, want to know what's going on in their children's classrooms. This, this is why. Preteen girls were being harassed and essentially exploited by a person in a position of trust, and nothing was done. How long did this go on? How many students had to suffer this humiliation? How many times was this issue shunted to one side or buried? One of the boys was quoted as saying, quote, I don't think there was a single adult who would ever, like their parents, my mom, like anybody in the school, who had ever really taken the whole thing seriously before, unquote. The boys were being treated shabbily and the girls were being sexually harassed. Tell me again how what goes on in school, it isn't any business of the parent. A parent should be able to walk in at any moment, sit down in a classroom, and find out exactly what is happening with their children. In fact, that might go a long way to detecting and preventing this kind of thing in the future. If a school district expects parents to trust it, it needs to be very comfortable with total transparency. Second, let us have no more of this treating boys as second-class citizens. Let's, uh, let us dispense with the boys are dumb, throw rocks at them, quote-unquote, t-shirts. It is time to stop discouraging or excluding them from STEM and other activities. It is time to stop re relegating boys to video games in the back of the classroom. These boys did exactly what a man should do. They stood up for girls in their class against a horrible man who had found a way to wedge himself into the system like a diseased mollusk. And when the people who were charged with keeping them safe did not care, they did what they could do on their own. Every father who reads this should sit down with his son tonight and say, this is who I want you to be, unquote. I absolutely love this. I love it. The social vigilante part of me just loves this. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Again, this, this sexual predator as a teacher believes that they're getting away with it. Everybody's turning a blind eye. That is, that is so common within American K-12 schools, I can't even begin to tell you. It's remarkably common. But taking the rights and responsibilities of every person into your own hands, teaming up as students to do this, and then bringing all of this evidence to bear has got to happen more often. If you're going to keep sending your, your children to these environments, you have to teach them as parents to be vigilant about this kind of behavior on the part of, of these degenerate teachers that are engaging this way. And then, of course, the ones that are ignoring it, not doing anything about it, administration included. I'd take it a step further beyond this, just from a very basic standpoint, actually, so it would be far before something like this would occur, although as they pretty much laid out, they had tried to go, they had tried, these students had tried to go to 
school teachers and administrators in the building and even parents, and they just said, well, that's impossible. Because as you've heard me say on this show, it's not uncommon for individuals to be coaches first and teachers second, in particular when they inhabit both professions, so to speak. And some of these individuals believe that they are untouchable. Well, you'll never fire me because we had a winning season and I'm the, I'm the cat's pajamas and I'm the best thing around and blah, blah, blah. And then they think they can get away with anything. Again, the, it's the evidence gathering part of all of this that is the most critical. That's why one of the early steps before even getting online and doing something online is you want to exhaust every single option possible. It sounded like that's what they did. But when you exhaust every option possible through the basic steps of asking questions and alerting people in XYZ, you want to make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row and you document everything. Type out, again, if your student's listening to this, you type out on a piece of paper, whether it's in school, after school, whatever, essentially a full detailed explanation of everything that's taking place thus far. The name of the teacher, the time, the date, all of it. You want to include all of that information. You want to make sure that you sign it, date it, and then you even have either someone film you, take this to an administrator, like a, like a fellow student or a friend, or at the very least, you record yourself with a cell phone taking this to an administrator. And you're doing all of this, of course, to protect yourself and then ultimately ensnare the administrator because you have to assume that the administrator is going to bury it. Again, very often the administrator will take a document like this from a student. It's a little different if it comes from a parent, but very often they'll take it from a student or even a staff member sometimes. And they'll look at it, they'll read it, and then they'll say, well, thank you, I appreciate you uh, bringing this to my attention, We'll, we'll take care of it. And then that's it. They do nothing. Maybe they take, again, that letter that you've provided them and they throw it away. Maybe they take that letter and they stick it within the quote-unquote personnel file of that particular teacher and they use it as blackmail material for later when they want that particular teacher to do something or that coach to do something. Again, these are the kinds of tactics and, and uh, behavioral methods, so to speak, that are being taught to not only teacher education students, but it's becoming commonplace among administrators themselves. And these are human resource department tactics that are used also. But what's happened here, which I just love, is again, these sixth graders use the skills that they have in an online platform like Discord to communicate with one another about what's going on and then create a completely separate chat board about what this guy was doing. All of that can be used in a court of law. And of course, if they subpoena these students themselves who made these comments to reiterate what their comments were and what they specifically mentioned, the evidence is going to be overwhelming. This individual is a sexual predator. They don't belong anywhere near a school. They shouldn't have a teaching or coaching license of any kind. And that should be the end of them, period. That's it. That's it. So I love it. You have to take the law into your own hands in a legal way. And really all you're doing is gathering evidence. But you also have to, at the exact same time, like I said, exhaust all the avenues. That way, if someone comes back to you and says, well, they didn't tell us, 
Well, we didn't know. Bullshit. They'll have you on the record as having been a part of it and then been a part of the cover-up, which makes those administrators and those teachers just as guilty as the actual sexual predator himself. So this is a perfect example, again, of a, of a very positive thing, where, again, if you're still going to be sending your children in these environments, teaching them to be vigilant and awake and alert, that this is the kind of behavior that does occur within these environments on a regular basis. Hey, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're teaching and raising the future soldiers of America. And that's without a doubt a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Because those are the individuals that are going to be vigilant for a very long time, if not their entire lives. They're not going to be very trusting, which again means they're going to question things. They're going to be curious. They're going to look out for themselves and the people around them. So yeah, as the author of the article said, these are the men you should be raising. Because again, as you've even heard me say, you're not raising children, you're raising adults. You're raising young people and your own children to actually be adults. So you want to raise adults. And again, I just love it. I can't get enough of it. I think it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Let me provide you some other examples now with a few other stories as to why this is so necessary. This comes from Idaho. And again, a person might say, well, that's a red state. There's no way that such a thing would ever occur in a red state. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to, you know, we all have to stop paying attention to what state is red and what state is blue. It means absolutely nothing. It's just a giant magic trick taking place in front of everyone's eyes in order to trick them into believing that this kind of degeneracy doesn't exist within red states. It most certainly does. So, there's a video here, but there's really nothing to play, um, really no audio to hear, so to speak, but I'm going to play it and just read what's going on here. This comes from the Idaho Freedom Foundation, and it says that Idaho's government offers porn literacy to kids. And then it says that the trainers believe third grade students benefit from pornography. And it takes them to a particular website, and it says activities include students watching ca cartoon porn. And this is from the Public Health Idaho North Central District, again, where the government itself takes them to a website about adolescent abortion and abortionfinder.org, where apparently these students can get together and even chat on these websites. And again, it says instructing children to engage in this kind of behavior. Uh, they, it teaches them how to hide their porn browsing information. And it also uses Planned Parenthood sex education as curriculum, which, of course, we know what that means. Now, in the exact same avenue here, Jesse James sent this to me from the Dangerous Info podcast. And this was from... Chris Rufo's Twitter account, which again, not a fan of his because, you know, whatever. A lot of surface level stuff, but um, he's covering this based on what's going on in Michigan right now. And he says the following. He says, new, again, not necessarily new because this goes on in departments of education all of the time. And it's certainly, of course, as you've even heard on this show, and I've described how this kind of LGBT alphabet soup stuff makes its way into local school districts all of the time, so much so that these individuals are doubling down and providing full-blown presentations to school boards, 
in an effort to get them all to sign on to this kind of radical ideology. But it says, quote, the Michigan Department of Education instructed public school teachers how to facilitate child sexual transitions and recommend that teachers keep a child's quote-unquote chosen name and pronouns a secret from parents. Even if the child is suicidal, it's all on video. Multiple slides, a, a variety of different things. I'm going to play some of the audio from these clips right now again. These are some of the most brainwashed, radical human beings you could possibly imagine. Again, they are sexually abused themselves, by and large, and all they're trying to do is normalize their own behavior onto everyone, keeping in mind that these individuals are in the 1% range, if not less than that, of all of the people who inhabit an actual school. And again, this has no place within public schools, that should go without saying, but this is the direction that they're pushing this in because they're losing in all other avenues. They're losing in the literacy avenue. They're losing in the math avenue. They're losing in the learning real history avenue. They're, they're losing in the science avenue. This is the house of cards that's crumbling. So as it's crumbling, what do they have to do? They have to teach their degenerate habits because it's the only thing that these people know. So just a few audio clips from this. Give this a listen real quick. You know, and there's some terminology related to that uh, as well. Left of film, being a film, being a butch, being masculine presenting, being queer, being a stud, gender normative, gender fluid, gender neutral, and gender non-binary. There's a lot of terminology out there uh, for us to learn. And then lastly, at least for today, is sexual orientation, or that's a term you may have heard, heard of before, or you call it attractionality. It's a person's experience of their emotional, romantic, and or sexual attraction to others. So where you see the heart and the chest, you know, we feel that attraction, and you hear it, feel the heart pumping, and you got a crush on somebody, and you want to get to know them. That's that attraction, that feeling. And we you know, you can even, you know, a lot of children, or if you go back to your own childhood, you might remember having crushes when you were little. So that attractional or sexual orientation. Well, there, there's some, some corresponding terms that you may have heard, like pansexual. And I've come to believe that that is uh, someone who is attracted to people, regardless of their sex assigned at birth, regardless of their gender identity, regardless of their gender expression, and on and on. Um, asexual, lesbian, straight, gay, bisexual, queer, questioning, demisexual, demiromantic, aromantic, and scoliosexual. I'll leave that to you to go to Google on those because <laughs> we ain't got time today. <laughs> we ain't got time today, you know. Okay, look, this particular person is apparently a trainer regarding all of this nonsense, and their name, allegedly, is Amore Robinson, who says she is a black, masculine-identified, cisgender lesbian, and uses the African name Kofi Adoma, says that the gender, says that gender is an infinite spectrum, including identities such as gender fluid, gender queer, butch, stud, and questioning. Again, these kinds of presentations are not new. They are ramping up. They're ramping up. 
But here you have the Department of Education in Michigan pushing all of this. Uh, and again, they're even singling out particular students who are on TikTok videos talking about this. I'm not going to play that. Uh, it isn't necessarily worth it. It's just disgusting. Again, on a constant basis, you're seeing these inroads be made by this, uh, this alphabet agency into these school environments and schools themselves, administrators, whether they agree with it or not, are being told that they have to do this. They're being told that they have to provide this kind of sexual uh, professional development to their staff members so that their staff members can understand that not all students are like them and many are struggling with their sexuality. And they just continue to push this on everyone w basically without a choice, without any choice whatsoever. I do want to play this piece of audio. It's about a minute long. And it says, quote, when a teacher asks how to respond to a student who claims to have she, he, they, them pronouns, the trainer responds adamantly and says, quote, go with what the kid says. They're the best experts on their lives. They're the best experts on their own identities and their own bodies, unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play the audio in a second, but the point is this. American K-12 schools do not care that they are setting themselves up not only for failure, but they're setting themselves up to, before they fail, fill themselves and their entire environments with the most degenerate that the population and society has to offer. That includes teachers themselves. Because you, you have to have, from a facilitation standpoint regarding all of this material, you have to have degenerate teachers who agree with this degenerate material in order to push it onto students who are fine being degenerate. That's the connection. Those are the chain links. That's what has to happen here. American K-12 schools in the future, mark my words, will not be for the civilized. They already aren't. Let's not kid ourselves, they already aren't. It's prison in all the forms that you can possibly imagine. The division, the segregation, the, 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 vi the physical violence, now the sexual violence, all of this is being normalized on purpose because this is what they want the environment to be. They're trying to, they're trying to normalize these perversions, and as you've heard me say, they don't understand that they're crushing their own line of work. See, once they get fired, they won't know why. They'll get fired because they don't have enough state money, not enough people want to be teachers, not enough students are showing up anymore. They'll lose their jobs as degenerate school teachers and they won't know why. So give this teacher a listen because, again, this is exactly the problem with these kinds of people. But then again, they're kind of right at home within these K-12 degenerate environments themselves. Um, so I had a little girl who was born a girl um, in with me the other day, and then she shared some information and she wanted to um, go by a different name. And then when she shared her pronouns, I was just confused because she said um, she, he, they, and them. And I was kind of like, I didn't know. I just was confused, and I, I wanted to understand it a little bit better. Because um, I was thinking, well, wouldn't it be like they and them? Or, um, and then I, I just went with it. I was like, okay, honey. But I just kind of, I was just 
They're the best experts on their life. They're the best experts on their totally. own identities and their own okay. bodies. Yeah. And just and just go with it. Um, you may have to sit with some discomfort sometimes, and that's that's okay. Here's one of the things that the alphabet soup agencies and the people who push this on children and within school environments and the ones that are conducting this professional development. Here's what they absolutely love. Because you can see it in their faces. When a naive school teacher like that asks a very stupid question like that and doesn't take a firm stance against this and just acts like everything's just fluid and I'm just trying to figure this out and I want to know more and what does this all mean and blah, blah, blah. It's all pretend, but this naive school teacher is a moron and they have no idea that this is all pretend. The thing you see, though, in all of these instructors is that they will say, well, first of all, the thing you'll see is, is they all have smiles on their faces. They all have smiles on their faces, and they're all smiling, and they're nodding, and they're like, yep, she's confused. I have the answer for her. I know exactly what to tell her because she doesn't know what she's doing, so this is where we can lead them in the right direction. These stupid teachers become putty in the hands of these sexually degenerate things. That's, that's just what's going on here, and they love it. They love playing with these teachers that are so stupid that they can't even make up their own minds about what's right and what's wrong. Again, the open admission that a teacher would say, I'm just so confused. I'm, I'm just confused about this, and I just don't know what to do. If you're confused, then you're not very bright because this is sexual perversion. And there's only a certain kind of teacher that's willfully going to participate in this kind of professional development, quote-unquote. The most morally sound won't participate. The most morally sound will abandon this. And the even more morally sound will speak out against it, write letters against it, even if it costs them their job. Or they'll just walk away from the profession and they'll tell everybody in the school district why they're walking away because of this kind of nonsense. Unfortunately, however, this is where the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The squeaky wheel gets the grease because they, th these individuals that are running these degenerate programs want people to believe that the vast majority of educators believe what it is that they're teaching them. The, that the vast majority of educators, again, if it's coming from the Department of uh, the Michigan Department of Education or another Department of Education, they want everybody to believe that this naive teacher is patriotic or taking a stance in a positive direction for the rights and sexual whatever, revolution and sexual safety of their children and their identities and blah, blah, blah. It's quite possible that there's only one or two or a handful, maybe six tops, teachers participating in this kind of professional development at any one time. I'll give you an example. I've even played the audio on this show approximately a year ago. You may recall that I played audio from Ohio State University professors who were providing professional development to school teachers 
in the Westerville City School District, again, a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. And the presentations that these professors were giving were as hard left as you could possibly imagine. They were equally as degenerate, although much of it didn't have anything to do with uh, sexual degeneracy as much as, it, as much as it did critical theory, and a lot of the critical theories just in broad terms. But it was equally as stupid, and there were only a handful of teachers actually participating. Again, we're talking about like three, four, five at the most. And I recall one in particular was remarkably based. And she was an African-American teacher. And she was older. And she was going, none of this makes any sense. I've grown up in this area, and we've never had any discussions like this whatsoever. It seems inappropriate to me. I've never been discriminated against. I attended a, a school that was predominantly white. It was safe. I learned a ton of information, and it was absolutely great. So what's wrong with that? And the looks on the Ohio State professors' faces were very telling. They were like, oh, shit, what have we done? Uh, how did this person get involved in this, in this presentation? And, of course, they didn't want to insult her because she's an older black female. See, older black females are the kryptonite to this kind of agenda, in particular when they are morally sound people. If they're morally sound people, they're absolute kryptonite to this agenda. Because then those professors and these presenters don't know where to go. They'll go, well, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, and then they get all nervous and they get flustered. And then they end up saying something like, well, I'm glad that that was your experience, but you need to understand that's not everybody's experience. Again, I'm glad that was your experience, but a lot of people don't have the same experience that you have. The counter-argument to that is very simple. Most people aren't considering chopping off their genitals when they wake up in the morning. The vast majority of individuals in America aren't saying to themselves, am I going to dress like a boy or a girl today? This needs to be shut down by individuals, much like those sixth grade boys in the presentation and the article that I just read to you at the beginning of this episode. Much like that, there need to be educators themselves who find their spines and stand up for the safety and the sexual safety of children in the entire environment and stand up against this stuff. Those are the individuals that need to infiltrate these presentations. Sign up for these presentations. Do it covertly. Make it sound as if you're interested in learning more and playing the naive individual and then set the presenters up to fail. Catch them and beat them at their own game. That's all that has to happen. Do that, but they won't, because the vast majority of K-12 school teachers are cowards. They're cowards. They don't want to stir the pot. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to lose their job. They'd rather serve children up to sexual predators than lose their jobs. That's the, that's the main message here. That's the takeaway from this that I want people to understand is that many educators are willing to do that. Turn a blind eye as long as they keep their job. That goes on constantly. But this is being facilitated again by the Michigan Department of Education. And it should come as no surprise that, uh, that this is making more and more inroads 
or at least it's seemingly making more and more inroads within American K-12 schools, both through the state department levels and then local school districts themselves. Now here's the next story. Again, same avenue, exact same avenue, requires just a little bit of background, not much though. In Arizona, the State Department Education Superintendent is named Kathy Hoffman. Kathy Hoffman took her oath of office when she was given the position uh, by placing her right hand not on the Bible, but on a Dr. Seuss book. And then I believe underneath that book was some other book that was a, some degenerate uh, text of some kind. I could have the second book wrong, but I do know for a fact she placed her right hand on a Dr. Seuss book. Stupid, to say the least. Uh, it's a campaign ad here, an, an audio for a campaign ad, where people are basically trying to come after her, and rightfully so, because she has associated with sexual predators herself who have been arrested, and she herself is pushing these kinds of alphabet soup agendas. She came in to the office openly talking about this, and now she's being sued, and thank God for it. So here's some audio quickly summarizing it, again, about a minute and a half. Give this a listen. Hoffman is being sued for directing minors to hyper-sexualized chat rooms. Parents were shocked to learn that these chat rooms were easily accessible on the Arizona Department of Education's website. A quick search takes students to Queer Chat or QChat, a site where adults communicate with minors about sexuality. QChat makes clear that the adults on the site are not mental health professionals. Seemingly, the only requirement for adults to be part of QChat is to be LGBTQ+, and to have an interest in talking to curious minors. The site draws children in with chat room topics like Marvel or Star Wars, but features rooms to discuss sex and relationships. KeyChat even has a quick escape feature that allows students to conceal the website from their parents. Even worse, the site doesn't tell students not to share their personal information. QChat is a sexual predator's dream, and Democrat Kathy Hoffman is using your tax dollars to push it onto our children. This November, let's fire Kathy Hoffman and remove her dangerous worldviews from our schools. And as they said, of course, it's directly on the Arizona Department of Education's website, and it's called QChat. Q chat. The letter Q. What are the odds of that? Why would they do that? Not an accident. Q doesn't stand for questions. They, they called it Q chat on purpose. This is another strategy that the left uses to ensnare individuals who are curious. They could be curious about one particular subject and then find themselves going down a particular rabbit hole of another subject for the purpose of, again, ensnaring them or trying to change their persuasions or proclivities from one direction into another. If an individual gets online and you live in Arizona and all your IP addresses are from Arizona, you're going to be picking up websites 
that are associated with your search from a localized level. If someone in Arizona is trying to search, in particular if they're a child, something related to Q or Q drops, and you, tr you type in Q search or Q this or Q that, the likelihood of you picking up a Q related, th this exact website from the Arizona Department of Education is somewhat high. One has to assume that. So again, this is one of the ways that these sexual groups try to ensnare minors is again by misleading them into believing that one particular organization is directly associated with the other when in fact they have nothing to do with one another. Absolutely nothing to do with one another. But anything that they can do again to have these kind of sexually degenerate conversations both within schools and then in online platforms, is exactly what those running these movements want. They want the parent out of the way. So they have to have these conversations with minors about sex away from the eyes and ears of parents, i.e. the school environment and the online environment. That's the lesson. You have to be vigilant when it comes to this kind of stuff. You've got to pay attention that this kind of thing is going on on a constant basis. Now, this was thrown my way too, and very relevant in the same avenue here, in a positive way to, again, take back a little bit of power, in particular when you don't have any control over sending your children to schools. I'm going to use Kim Carter as an example. Kim Carter's been a guest on the program, registered nurse. I recommend going back and, and listening to those shows. She's been court-ordered to serve her children back into the American public school system. She was homeschooling them initially. Her ex-husband didn't want them to be homeschooled. As the mother, you would think she would have a choice or a say in the matter. Turns out, apparently, that's not the case. So what she has done is, is she has found these advocacy groups that exist, in particular one that is titled Protect Ohio Children, Stop Indoctrination in Schools. And this again comes from the Protect Ohio Children Coalition. And their program director is a woman by the name of Diane Stover. She sent me screenshots of these exempt forms or opt-out forms that are available for students uh, to use and parents to use regarding a variety of degenerate subjects that are being taught within American K-12 schools. Again, these are forms that can be used by these vigilant families in order to make sure that their child is not receiving this kind of degenerate instruction within their environments. And we were texting back and forth before this episode and she was sending me these forms, and I, and I want to read through these forms. And then I asked her how successful these kinds of forms are, and whether or not the school actually follows up and enforces these kinds of forms when you yourself as a parent bring them in and say, this is the deal with my child, I have the rights over my child more than you, the school does, I don't want them to experience this kind of curriculum. And she said that they're abiding by it. She said that she took these forms in, had the counselor even sign them, and then requested copies back, and then what they're doing is, is they're pulling out their children, 
when these kinds of materials or subjects are allegedly being brought up. But I want to read through a couple of these forms here because they're interesting and they're remarkably informative. And again, the organization itself here in Ohio is apparently titled Protect Ohio Children Coalition. Certainly have a website. It's protectohiochildren.net. You have to assume that most states have some kind of an organization in place like this. I certainly hope so. But uh, here's an example of one of the exempt forms, or exemption forms rather, opt-out forms that they have, uh, that they offer to parents and students alike. It's titled at the very top, Human Sexuality Instruction Parental Non-Consent Slash Opt-Out Form for the Blank School Year. And then again, there's blanks where you sign in your names and your, your child's name and so on and so forth. It says, blank, it says, I blank, as parent and or legal guardian of blank, enter child's name, a minor child, hereby exercise my right under the protection of pupil rights amendment, the U.S. Constitution and the Constitution and laws of the state of Ohio, to direct the upbringing and education of my minor child and hereby place school administration on notice for the following. Number one, I do not consent to my child's participation in any instruction or discussion on human sexuality, which is derived in whole or in part from, contains information from, or references the following sources. And then it's letters A through O. And it says the following. National Sexuality Education Standards, Future of Sex Education, FOSE Initiative, Sex, etc., GCAPP or slash flash FLASH, the ETR Incorporated, Health Smart, Making a Difference, Draw the Line, etc. These are all organizations, as you might imagine. Um, Advocates for Youth. The three R's, rights, respo- rights uh, respect, responsibility. Answer, the Trevor Project, S-I-E-C-U-S, Sex Ed for Social Change, P-R-E-P, Planned Parenthood, including active videos like Rue, Video Library. Uh, the next one is the Human Rights Campaign, the Kinsey Institute which, of course, I believe it's the uh, University of Indiana that has erected a Kinsey statue based on his sexual degenerate uh, research over the course of years. The Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, the Gay Straight Alliance, the Guttmacher Institute, or Guttmacher Institute, Amaze.org, and finally, letter O, any SEL program, including but not limited to Brain Pop, Stanford, Stanford Harmony, Purpose Prep, Second Steps, a group here called Edgenuity, Rethink Ed, Seven Mindsets, etc. It says number two, I do not consent to my child being given instruction or information on or being subjected to discussion of any aspect of human sexuality unless in a sexual risk avoidance slash abstinence centered curriculum during health class. And then it says see uh, a particular website, weacend.org. 
And then it says instruction, media center materials or information, including the following abortion, birth control, contraception, contraceptives, sexual activity of any kind whatsoever, including but not limited to vaginal, oral or anal sex during orientation, including but not limited to any variant of homosexuality, including but not limited to lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer or questioning identities. It says letter E. Uh, transgenderism or gender identity, including but not limited to gender as a social construct, gender binary, gender spectrum, gender reassignment surgery, gender dysphoria, false gender pronouns, gender expression, or cross-sex hormones. Any referral of my child to a counselor, medical professional, social worker, within or outside the school, for purposes of discussing sexuality or any of the topics listed herein. And then it says, letter G, any written material of reference to or referral to an outside agency, group, individual, or organization relating, relating to sexuality, including but not limited to those listed in section one. This is a great document, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great document, and it continues. Letter H. Any obscene or harmful to minors material, whether in print or online database like Galileo, Galilee, and uh, EBSCO, whether visual or verbal, descriptions can be found in Ohio Revised Code. Letter I. Any reference to or participation in personal analysis, evaluation, or survey that reveals or attempts to affect my child's attitudes, habits, traits, opinions, beliefs, or feelings concerning political affiliations, religious beliefs, or practices, mental or psychological, psychological conditions, rather, uh, sexual behavior or attitudes, sexual activity, sexual orientation, gender identity, or illegal antisocial self-incriminating or demeaning behavior. Letter J, con connection of data concerning any characteristics of my child listed in paragraph 2C above, whether collected by the school, the district, or other governmental entity, or a contractor or vendor, and whether or not such data is personally identifiable. Letter K, any advertisement of or participation in any group, organization, club, entity, or activity that discusses or addresses sexual activity, sexual orientation, or gender identity under the guise of bullying, quote-unquote, or other rationale. That one I love. I absolutely love that, because what this will do, this entire document, and there's one more bullet point and then a conclusion, which I'll read is it's basically going to cause the student to be pulled from countless classes and legally allowed to do so, including health class, maybe some physical education, a number of other of these classes, again, that are starting to teach these things and have been teaching these things, frankly, long since I left. Long since I left the business. That's really when this started to ramp itself up within those kinds of classes. Here's the last bullet point, letter L. Any additional instruction and discussion, including but not limited to classroom teachers, school staff, third-party providers, YouTube or other videos, films, live streaming, other audiovisual methods, textbooks, workbooks, or handout material, including any entity listed under Section 1 or any topic listed under Section 2, period. 
And then it concludes by saying, I am requesting alternative academic instruction for my child during the same period that any instruction on any aspect regarding above is provided or presented. I hereby request that this notification be placed in my child's permanent file and be provided to all people offering instruction to my child during the school year. Any instruction contrary to this notice will be the subject of further action to protect my child. Parent or legal guardian signs it, printed name, date, and then names of minor children. And then, as she has done, you have the counselor, who is typically responsible for scheduling classes to sign off on this document. It's a legal document. End of story. This is an exquisite legal document. Again, proving to you that you have rights. As parents, if you have no choice and you're forced to send your children into these environments, you should take these kinds of actions. Look up these kinds of documents again within your state where you live. For Ohio, this is the Protect Ohio Children Coalition. ProtectOhioChildren.net is the website. In conclusion of this episode, I'm going to say this. This is part of the transhumanist agenda. That's what all of this means. It's all purposefully designed to liquefy endless human beings, in particular minors, into confusing them, causing them to not be able to grasp onto anything of a firm surface metaphorically and mentally, so that they have a firm foundation on which to grow from. Again, they're trying to implement this within endless families, as we know, within K-12 education, university settings, you name it. They've been doing it for a very long time. This is the Marxist agenda. This is it. And on Monday, this past Monday, the fake president of the United States, Joe Biden, signed a fake executive order, which has no legal standing whatsoever, that simply seeks to ramp up the transhumanist agenda. For example, here's one direct quote from this executive order. Again, it's not legally bound because he's not the legal president of the United States. He's a criminal. They're all criminals. And those that are, again, pushing this forth are criminals themselves. But it says the following, quote, For biotechnology and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals, the United States needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictability program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers, unlock the power of biological data including through computing tools and artificial intelligence, and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles for commercialization so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster. Unquote. It's one of many, of course, the executive order is long, it's not legally bound, but they're telling you what their agenda is by using all of these different fluid words. They're trying to do whatever they can to control people medically, 
from an education standpoint, from a, pro, uh, a programmable standpoint, to turn people into NPCs so that they all believe the same things, they all take the same things, and they are all hardwired in order to believe the same things. That's what this is. This is the transhumanist agenda. It's a global agenda, it's a Marxist agenda, it's a satanic agenda, and it's an agenda that the Biden administration has no problem signing off on and pumping into society, schools, your family, your children, yourselves. That's the agenda. That's it. So know it, learn about it, and then fight against it as best you can. Of course, homeschooling is one of the best ways to save your children from it, but as I've laid out, there are endless exemption forms that can be filled out for such subjects as best as humanly possible, but my God, you've got to be a vigilant parent. You have to be, because your child's life is on the line here. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Stay vigilant without a doubt. We have to. Our lives depend on it. Your children's lives depend on it. And I'll catch you on Monday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.